0: Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. We're Really, really happy to have this man on. He's so knowledgeable when it comes to so many things. He's a physician. He's a surgeon. Great friend of mine. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Doc, how are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic today. Ready to get to the heart of the matter.
0: You are doing fantastic. I agree with you. Um, inspiration.health is the website, because invariably I'm going to get 30 emails from people saying, how do I get a hold of this guy? Inspiration.health is his website. You'll see how he does there. He does telemedicine, the whole thing. So, Let's get into uh, what we know about COVID-19, about the so-called vaccines. They're really just shots. I just had Dr. Malone on last week that you may or may not know about. And uh, he's suing everybody now because um, he's been defamed. You got Moderna suing Pfizer over uh, mRNA technology that Malone himself came up with in 1989. The whole thing's a mess, Jesse. At the end of the day, You and I seem to agree this has been a money grab from day one. I mean, there's no change in that, right? This is big companies trying to get billions of dollars from uh, experimental vaccines.
1: Absolutely, 100%. It's all economically driven. There is definitely ethical compromise, I believe, in some of the institutions that guide us, such as the CDC, the National Institute of Health, the FDA. All you have to do is look at the members of the boards that are part of this, and it's creating basically an unfair advantage for us physicians who are who are in the trenches, who are really trying to give our patients good advice. Um, as you well know, it's never really been well discussed, the potential risk and complications never. of really these.
0: Gene in, in, fact, therapies. in fact, they hid it from us. In fact, we weren't allowed to even see it. And if we saw the the um, the adverse effects on the VAERS system, then they said VAERS is no good. So they literally took, didn't want us to know what these shots were doing to us.
1: No, it took a lawsuit. It took a lawsuit to get all the information out. And as you recall, Pfizer wanted to release it over like 55 years. A judge said, no, 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 no. You're going to release the information. And when they did, the list of adverse effects that were hidden from us numbered about 1,500, as long as my arm. And we're still starting to see that roll out. And we're seeing proof of that more and more. And this is where I am breathing a big sigh of relief because the data is finally coming out.
0: It's uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez, inspiration.health. Make sure you go there. So the CDC gives guidance. They give recommendations. You as a physician, do you have to listen to the CDC or not?
1: No, the CDC only makes recommendations. It is not law. It is not mandate. It is something that we as physicians should be utilizing our good clinical judgment. The thing is, is that good clinical judgment has gone out the window when you incentivize institutions and physicians to utilize certain products and make certain diagnoses because you're going to get paid by the federal government through things like the CARES Act. That's exactly what happened through this entire pandemic. To me, that is unethical. If I did anything like that in my practice, I would be in violation of the stark Medicare laws and I would be closed down. How is it that this can happen in the large hospitals where you get paid extra money if you utilize remdesivir or if you put somebody on a ventilator, for instance, these issues have to be addressed and have to be addressed now. I hope that we're able to even get this held before different types of Senate committees or House committees in the long run to be able to assess how these unethical behaviors occurred.
0: And Jesse, we're finding out, it's Dr. Jesse Lopez, Health. We're finding out that um, a lot of people that were put on ventilators, that was pretty much they're going to die. It just, if you were on a ventilator, I think you even told me one time in maybe a private conversation, because I, I had COVID at one point, Uh, And, and I think the point was just don't get in a ventilator. Um, Some people need them for ailments that obviously the ventilator is made for, but we were using them to the tune of tens of thousands a day, uh, to where we were building more ventilators just to try to treat people when they never should have gotten to that point, had they gotten proper treatment first, right? Absolutely. Early treatment
1: was the key myself and many other physicians, including Dr. Peter McAuliffe, Dr. Littell, Dr. Corey, wonderful, well-known physicians who advocated early treatment, who had data about early treatment, prevented individuals from ending up on the ventilator in the first place. And if this data had not been ignored and we were allowed to practice medicine without pharmacies stopping us from prescribing certain medications, lives could have been saved. 100 percent
0: and you are somebody who knows that ivermectin works you've taken the studies into account what is it 77 studies maybe more by now that it works did they just add that to the nih or cdc list because all of a sudden um the the drug that dr gupta said was a horse drug and so many idiots in the left-wing media were saying it was for cattle and and for livestock suddenly this is something that they're testing and may be effective against virus fill me in
1: yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because I look at a lot of different Instagram accounts and, and I'm, I can't remember the name of the individual. And I, I, I'm sorry that I can't give that individual credit, but it was sent to me by one of my staff members. And it's interesting that if you go to the National Institute of, of Health's website, it's actually under covid19treatmentguidelines.nih.gov slash therapies slash antiviral therapy. Come on. Guess what's listed on that list? The horse ivermectin. drug, not the horse drug. Oh, horse drug. Ivermectin is listed right underneath remdesivir and mulnupivir, which are antivirals that have been pushed by the FDA. Hmm. So so
0: why, why yes to remdesivir and the other one and not yes to ivermectin? Why do you think they didn't want us to use ivermectin? Is it because it's so cheap and it's been around for so long?
1: Well, that's exactly the reason that I believe that there has been this issue is because when huge amounts of dollars are put into a new product the product has to get to market to be able to make a profit and pay those stockholders right right the problem is that when you take a medication out there like even Paxlovid, it has been well shown that there is a rebound effect that when the medication is stopped the individual gets the virus again and there are some new studies coming out and we're going to have these on our website joe that actually show that there is some thought that there may be a simmering or a harboring of the COVID virus in the gastrointestinal system. And that's why we see people get sick intermittently and we're scratching our head wondering why this is. And there are several studies that show that it may actually harbor itself in the GI tract. This is probably why there's this rebound effect is because the virus really isn't killed off with Paxlovid. And I'm sure there are other reasons. The thing with ivermectin, and this is the beautiful thing, it gets in the gut. It's a gut medication. You you take it with a fatty meal to get better absorption. But if it's a gut medication uh, for different parasites and worms, etc., cetera, uh, and it's there to bind to the spike protein, no wonder it has worked so well and saved so many lives. So that I find that very interesting. I mean, that's a lot of theory, but um, the papers, the studies definitely show that the virus Harbors itself in the GI system, and it's the second most common way for people to get infected.
0: Yeah, uh, it's uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez. Inspiration.health is the website. See all these papers that he's talking He just lists them on there. You just go read them for yourself. Um, I-, I talked yesterday with a reporter, uh, Tracy Beans, about Operation Warp Speed. And Operation Warp Speed was to get these vaccines or shots out as soon as they could. Uh, it was under President Trump. I'm a huge fan of President Trump, but I believe he got horrible advice. From Burks, who now admits she she was lying sometimes to to fit the narrative. From Fauci, who is obviously out for Fauci. Maybe even Jerome Adams, the then Surgeon General. Uh, These people are giving him bad advice. Let me ask you something that that I don't think anybody has asked a doctor. Do you think that these shots have been helpful for anybody? And, And by that I mean, do you think that it saved some lives or not?
1: Well, the narrative is that it may reduce the severity of the disease process. Right in the early days, I would have said, hey, that sounds reasonable. With what I am seeing in terms of adverse effects, I am not so sure. With the breakthrough infections that I am seeing, I am not so sure. Because we're still seeing individuals hospitalized. And what we're seeing are more and more individuals who have been vaccinated who are being hospitalized. There are several theories regarding this, but it is seemingly adversely affecting their immune system and their ability to mount a response to the virus. This was shown in a group of healthcare workers who had been vaccinated, and when they had the booster and got infected, they could not mount the proper response to be able to fight the subsequent variants. So this causes real concern. So I think the jury's still out on that, per se. I am actually very, very concerned about the adverse effect profile that nobody's been talking about to patients when they've come in
0: to receive these medications. I want to talk about that. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health. Uh, as you've told me many times, once you get the shot, it puts the spike protein in your body. Your body has this autoimmune response that attacks that constantly and never thinks that it beats the the spike protein. So when you get COVID, your body might already have the antibodies to fight COVID, and it might help to get rid of that, but it doesn't get rid of the original spike protein that the shot is putting in you. Is that going to be a lifelong battle now once you have it in you?
1: It absolutely can be a lifelong battle. We are seeing this in clinical patients all the way from issues of myocarditis to skin lesions to neurological issues. I've had several patients in my own practice who have developed a viral type of infection very similar to shingles that manifest symptomatically like shingles and sometimes without the actual little ulcers themselves we've treated them they've improved so that's pretty interesting but this spike protein whether it's from the virus or whether it's from the vaccine is obviously the issue of concern the problem (laughs) is that when you're exposing the body to it over and over again based on the recommendations by individuals such as the CDC, I think that you are really setting the individual up for lifelong issues. And unfortunately, during the pandemic, when the vaccines were being rolled out and they were trying different tactics to get people to get the vaccines, and some of them were scare tactics, one of the things I clearly remember them saying is, you need to get this vaccine because if you don't, and you get COVID, you're at a high risk for myocarditis or pericarditis.
0: Well, I want to go there because that's very interesting. You talked to me about it before we started. That was what we were told. The guidance was if you don't get the shot. All right, first they said it'll protect you from COVID. You can't get it. That was a lie. They were wrong about that. Then they (laughs) said, yeah, but here's the good news. The people who have COVID-19 who aren't vaccinated have a higher risk of myocarditis, which is a major heart condition, generally speaking, in men. Um, And we're seeing it in men 40 years old and younger. Now you're telling me that's changed again. It's simply not true that you got it in a higher um, occurrence in those who are vaccinated or those who are not vaccinated. In fact, getting COVID-19, there's a certain risk for myocarditis and getting the shot. There's a a risk for myocarditis and it flip-flopped, didn't it?
1: It absolutely flip flopped. And you know, the old little saying when you're playing with your friends and you say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Right. You know, we have been calling them out for what, 18 shows now, Joe, that we've done together. And I have said this over and over. Well, the data, like we said at the beginning of the show, is starting to roll in. In the Journal of Clinical Medicine, April 15th, 2022, there was a study that compared post COVID 19 patients with those who were negative for COVID. Now, the number of those that they tested was 197,000 individuals in Israel between March 2020 and January of 2021. And guess what? The results showed that post-COVID-19 infection was not associated with either myocarditis or pericarditis. It showed that clearly in this study. Here's the study. You know, I always show you the studies, Joe, when I'm on your show. This is going to be on our website newly published information so there was not an observed increase in myocarditis or pericarditis in adult patients who were recovering from COVID-19 infections Um, i think that that's pretty staggering in and of itself and then it is staggering
0: but but does it also go to the occurrence in those who were vaccinated um well because we know that it's higher if you've been vaccinated but the lie was oh yeah there's an occurrence of it but it's way worse if you don't get vaccinated
1: Right, and it's actually the flip-flop, like you were saying, and this was even uh, substantiated with the open VARES here just even recently, where they showed within the first two months of this year, those who were vaccinated, the number of cases of myocarditis was 11,289 in 60 days, Joe, and that is over half of the amount, or excuse me, that is about half of the amount that was reported throughout the entire year of last year. So last year, there were about 24,177 cases. In the first two months of this year, there were 11,289 cases of those who were vaccinated who um, developed myocarditis. That, that's, that tells that's crazy.
0: You wrong. No, there's something very wrong. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Go to inspiration.health. He'll have that posted on his website, inspiration.health. You know, it's not a www. It's not a .com. It's inspiration.health. Put that in your browser. It'll take you there. Um, I don't have a whole lot of more time, uh, Jesse, but we've got to talk about Fauci. Um, I guess the line is BA5 boosters are best guess for dealing with COVID this fall. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. So we went from you can't get it if you take these shots to it's going to help you with the symptoms if you take these shots to it's going to protect you from myocarditis if you take the shots to it doesn't affect menstruation or fertility to, well, it really does. Now we're just going to take a guess. Really?
1: Well, it's like if I said to Mrs. Jones, we're going to take you in for gallbladder surgery, and my best guess is that you'll probably survive. Come on, man. That should build a lot of confidence in you, right?
0: well, Well, that's the thing, Jesse. People don't trust the CDC, the FDA, the NIH anymore. And frankly, they don't trust a lot of these medical professionals that got on board, too, and were pushing these things as well. So let's restore their confidence again. Would you ever diagnose me by giving me a best guess?
1: Absolutely not. To me, that would be what we call malpractice. You think? And I try to avoid that.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, but but Fauci on his way out, going to collect four hundred fifteen thousand dollars a year in perpetuity uh, for doing a horrible job for forty years, and he says something this ridiculous. What what's the truth? Listen, you're the guy giving advice on what we're doing with COVID nineteen coming this fall. What should people do? You should remain healthy,
1: eat well, do the right supplements. If you're sick, stay home until you're feeling better. I have always said, whether it's been the flu or any other kind of viral illness, give yourself time to heal. Stay home for five days. Unlike the current recommendations that, come in, that are coming out of Canada, which say if you're positive with COVID, you can go ahead and go about your business as long as your symptoms are getting better. What? The narrative's always changing good old-fashioned medicine, stay home, take care of yourself, take your supplements, don't go to work until you're feeling better, yep. and get early treatment. Early treatment works. So they, don't, they want to scare everybody into taking these new Omicron variant vaccines, which have not been tested on humans. So that's the best guess. And now the FDA says, take this new Omicron variant, which we've only tested on mice, and we haven't tested on humans squeeze me
0: yeah exactly right it's dr jesse lopez inspiration.health jesse i got 15 seconds and i mean i've got 15 seconds um when the the cdc's made new recommendations just give me one line on what you think about a mayor like in washington dc saying if your child isn't vaccinated he or she can't come to public school
1: then i would keep my child away from public school because i will not put that poison in my children
0: that's it that was even less than 15 great job all right it's dr jesse lopez <laughs> go to inspiration.health we we barely even touched the surface and we burned through 17 minutes jesse wow. thanks a million for coming on i appreciate you brother hey my pleasure all right man we're back after Thank this stay self. right here don't be an a-dub stay with the joe pack show I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks a lot. Dr. Jesse Lopez bringing it like he always does. Inspiration.health is the website. Make sure you stop by there. I will post that uh, very informative interview. And and again, things are changing constantly. And he's ahead of it, man. He's reading all the studies. He gets all the stuff in line. He puts it up on his website. You can read it for yourself. And then you can make decisions for yourself. Just stop by inspiration.health. Or go by Rumble, rumble rumble.com, or download the Rumble app. And if you search Pags or Joe Pags, my channel will come up, then you do a sub search for, for Lopez, and you'll see a lot of our interviews that we've already done. And I will post this one tonight after the program, probably at 9 or 10 o'clock um, uh, tonight, maybe even 10 or 11 o'clock, depending. Um, but we will have it up there, of be available this weekend, because a lot of times we'll do an interview like that, and then you want the information to be available for you to spread around to your family, your friends, those that are arguing that think they know what they're talking about, but aren't using the peer-reviewed studies like Jesse does. This is really good information. And it's not just so that you'll be right, and you will be but it's also so you've got really good information to make a good decision uh, with your doctor, with your family, and with yourself. All right, 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Uh, Atlanta Nash next hour. We break down the Elvis movie, now that I've seen it, and much, much more. Stay here. This is The Joe Pags Show.